Hello and welcome to the Tenpence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marland, aka Vertvic, and we are on Podcast One Three Eight Karate Champ. And I am Sean in your face, Holly, and we are on yeah, what you said, Vic, and I apologise to the listeners before we start. I have been hoovering or vacuuming, cleaning, removing stickers, and wood filling the tea moulding groove on a certain cab I've just got. Um, the existing groove is too wide for a standard T-mold and it just falls out. So what I'm doing is I'm refilling it with this really tough epoxy wood filler. And then I'm going to smooth it all off afterwards and I reroute a tighter slot for new T-mold, which I've already got for it. Um, I removed a rather odd light switch, which was on the underside of the top of the cab. It's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in an arcade cab before. It was actually the on-off switch for the power. It was fashioned out of an old light switch. It's really odd. Bonkers. Yep. I've made a new control panel for this certain cab. Uh, The new top. I've got to do the wooden bit underneath it yet. Uh, Populated with buttons and a joystick. I need to make the wooden under panel and then wire the stick and buttons back in. I had to drill out the back marquee speaker door lock. I didn't come with a key to that bit, which is always a pain in the backside. Um, And on this cab, it hasn't got a switcher in it. It's so old, it's got a linear power supply. used to get in a a lot of old machines before switches came about. And the mm. 5 volts on it, I measured that before I plugged anything into it, obviously, because you don't want to be blowing anything up. And it was running at 5.7. That is too high, baby. Too high. So I adjusted it down. There was there was a, there was a pot on there to adjust it. And um, I then measured it at 5.1. Absolutely lovely. And uh, I was thinking about replacing this power supply on there, because I don't really trust them. But... Because they are from the late 70s. They're really old, these things. Just a big sort of circuit board with loads of bits on it. Hmm. And um, and it's sort of run off another bit of power as well. And it's, it, it, They seem to work okay. And people do sort of swear by them. And I'm just wondering, if those old 70s and 80s parts, if I just replaced pot, uh, caps and, and transistors on there, would it be better than a Chinese-made cheap-ass switcher, which you buy nowadays for like 18 quid? I'm not sure about that. that. Yeah, I'm just thinking, sort of worrying about that. Hmm, not sure yet. Yeah, so there have been lots of uh, bits and bobs on that cab. I'm really going to town on that the time I had to play on it. Uh, I've been making Vectrex Asteroids controllers, Sean. All the overlays have come from now, so I can start assembling them. So I've been sort of doing for bits the, of that. For the Vectrex Asteroids games? Yes, yes, indeed. And I have been messing around with all versions of Game Boy emulation. There is right. a reason for it. Uh, oh, oh! You know, I lost those the drawer full of two one one four Rams. I was going to fix my asteroids board with. They yeah. just disappeared out of my house. They've turned up in a very unexpected place. Your Can house. you hazard a guess where they've turned up? Your dog's stomach. No. The kitchen. No. It's the not toilet. even in the house. It's not even in this house. At work. Nope. In they turned up at Smarty Martin's house. Right. Apparently, and I can't remember doing this, I took them to his house, I think when we went to the meet, which was ages before my asteroids broke down, so I couldn't have had them out ready to fix. I must have had another box of stuff out, and my mind thought it was that. And I took him round some rams, because his asteroids had failed as well, and he didn't have any rams left. And I was going to give him a few rams, and he was going to replace them for me later, and I must have left them there. And then when he heard the last podcast, he went, oh, they're at my house. And he sent me a text message. So, uh, hurrah, they've arrived. Or, or turned up oh, here. Oh, that's good. Mm. I thought it was going yeah. mad, you know. I thought I'd thrown them away somehow by accident, which is a really stupid thing to do. 
My old grandmother used to say, if you've lost something, look again and you normally find it. That's what she used to say. Yeah, that is that is a rubbish piece of information. <laughs> That's very poor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had a royal visit from Mr. Tronance last Tuesday, I think it was. Last Tuesday. He turned up because he, he got some business in the rough area of London. So he'd come round in the evening to play some games with me rather than just being sat on his own some in the hotel. Mm-hmm. We played Frenzy on the uh, the BZF kit or whatever it's called. The, the Berserk Frenzy kit, whatever it's called. The um, the FGP, F, FGPA one. Uh, it might be J-Rock, actually. I can't remember what the make it is, but it's really good. We're playing some of that. And we quite like Frenzy. We do have to cover that on the podcast one day because it's, it's far enough removed from Berserk to be quite different. And I think we should go for it. It's a hard game. I like it, yeah, I like it. We were rubbish at it as well. We were dead rubbish at it. We played Donkey Kong Remix, which I introduced to Mr. Tronas, because you've not seen it before. Mm. And he's going to be playing Donkey Kong Spooky Remix, which you can get on MAME. You can't get Remix on MAME, because I've got that actually on a board. But the Spooky Remix, I think, is a very similar game, just with different graphics. So he's going to be playing that. He really enjoyed that, because he likes Donkey Kong. He also showed me how to play Mr. Do's Castle, which is another game I keep saying we should get into. Because there's, there's a lot to I that I agree, game. I like that one as well, yeah. There is a lot to it. It's quite a deep game. There's lots of um, things to do in it. Much more than Mr. Do. Loads more, actually. Wow. And we played a bit of Centipede, and I was trying to get him to beat your high score, which is still on my board, which is very annoying. And he got within about 50 points of beating you, but he didn't beat you. What's the, what's the score? 49,000-odd. Right. Right. Oh. Yeah, you must have done it when you come down one time. And I keep trying to beat it, and I can't do it. And he got within about 50 points of it on his first go. Oh. 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 I had a, a traumatic experience last Friday. Yeah, you said. I was abducted on Friday morning. Not by mm. aliens, Sean. By my wife. She woke me up at four o'clock in the morning. Wake up. We're going on a surprise trip. I was like, uh, what? What about work? No, we're going. What? I, no, I can't work. Get up. Uh, I was like half asleep. So she bundled me in the car and we took, and, and the dog, poor old dog had to go as well. She took the dog to her mum's, which was obvious if we're going to go anywhere, we need to put the doggy somewhere for a little while. And she drove me, I think, as far. I sort of said to her, I was very annoyed because I don't like surprises. Hmm. I was very annoyed. Even though her best intention, I was very annoyed. And when we got past Blackburn, I was like, right, okay, where are we going? Because I thought she was taking me to arcade club for some reason, and um, she sort of meant she said, "Look, I need to know what's going on," and then she said, "Right, okay, we're going to Glasgow." And I went, <clears throat> and she goes, "We're going to see the Cure tonight, live in Glasgow. They were playing this mini festival in Glasgow." Yeah, I think Foo Fighters are playing the next day. It was like about three or four bands on in the daytime. It started early in the day. And then we're staying over in Glasgow the weekend. We've got the old Airbnb booked. And we're going to have a look around Glasgow because we are in te- we are tempted to go and move and live there. So sort of after a while, when I sort of explained to her, look, you can't just pull me out of bed and make me miss work and stuff. I was sort of quite into it. I said, like, oh, cool. Cure. You know, lo- love seeing the Cure live. Absolutely brilliant. And uh, yeah, so we did that on the Friday. It got very muddy. It got rained on for like five minutes. But Glasgow rain is proper rain. So we were soaked. Yeah. But it was nice and warm still, so it was okay. Covered in mud, because everything was muddy. We didn't have our muddy boots on and stuff. It's obviously a field in, Glas- in Glasgow with like 50,000 people trampsing all over it. It's going to get pretty muddy. But we found a What, what g- did you say at work? Did you say, I've, I've been ill, but I've found the cure? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I said. And it worked. 
so I had to do that anyway, which was good. Um, so the Cure are absolutely fantastic, absolutely brilliant, as they always are. They were amazing, so good. Every time I've seen them, they've been absolutely brilliant. Really, really enjoyed it. Even though yeah. we got a little bit rained on, I didn't care. It was still great. It was still nice and warm, so it wasn't too bad. And then the next day, we had a good look around Glasgow. Lovely town, lovely city, actually. Really, really nice. Enjoyed that. And I was all the time I was texting Chris Binary Star because I know he lives in Glasgow and I was asking him some questions about about Glasgow and how it is there and he really loves it. He lives in a nice part of Glasgow. And I said, Oh, you know, do you want do you want to come out and meet us up later on? We'll go to there's a place called Super Barrio, really good name. It's like a little mm. bar with cabs in it. And he said, Oh I've yeah, okay, there. yeah, I'd love to go there. You've been there? Yeah, yeah, a few years ago, yeah. What do you think of it? I thought it was pretty good, yeah. There was about, I think there was two pinballs, there was a driving game, a couple of candies, a Pac-Man, yeah. a, f- a few other bits. That's roughly yeah, it what it's got now. A couple of wooden tables, you know, to sit up. Yeah, the, the, the Pac-Man Mini is on free play, and the Thomas Wave cab there had Street Fighter versus X-Men in it. That was on free play as well, and all the other games I think were a pound. But it was all sort of stuff I wasn't really interested in. There was a few pinballs you didn't play. Um, there were some gun games, as you said. I think there was a Simpsons, yeah. um, a Mortal Kombat or something like that, and, and some Naomi's playing various like, crazy taxi kind of things. And I think they do swap in and out games. Chris was saying they do sp- swap the games in and out. They must have a storage unit somewhere. So every now and again mm. he goes back there, something different there. So it's quite good. But I was talking to the barman, and it's mainly sort of 90s games, which is he was yeah. a younger lad. And he, he said, oh, they're better, aren't they? I said, no. No, they're not. <laughs> Just walked away. <laughs> yeah, but it was. Uh, it was. Uh, I met up with Chris Binary Star, uh, his fiance Jen, who's lovely, and Jim, who's also lovely. And uh, yeah, it's a nice little place. It was nicely laid out. It was really good, and I really enjoyed. There was a sign on the wall that my wife pointed to. It's a sort of chalkboard sign, and there's a picture, quite a craply drawn picture of Pac-Man and a ghost, and it just said "Need button bashing." <laughs> and I will put the picture on the website for everyone to look at. It's really, really cool. So, what have you been up to? That's about me, really. I've been doing loads. Well, last February, just gone, I had a chat with Larry DeMar, you know, the Defender co-player, co-writer thingy yes. face, and at Arcade Club. And the interview went online a couple of weeks ago, just a five-minute version of it. All right. Now, the full, full interview, the 37 minutes... I had a chat with him, you know, about his past, what he's doing mm-hmm. now, what he thinks of Defender and Robotron. It was at the Williams Defenders Players Oh, of course, United. yeah. Yeah, so it's taken all this time to get through the editing process and get on there. But there's a link on the no-shows, kids, if you want to see me chatting to Larry. Cool. Is that, He's a did, super um, nice guy. Did the other guy turn up as well? Was Eugene at that one, or did he come the year after? It was the year before, was Eugene. year before, okay. So it's really lovely that those two really famous people from America come all the way over just to celebrate their games absolutely brilliant of them lovely yeah it's a really nice guy Mm. and also we had a call from peter k you know the comedian peter k garlic bread yeah he phoned andy and said oh i'm going to come and see your arcade is that all right and Andy said yeah and then he didn't turn up on the thursday then sunday sunday evening i saw someone playing a game with his lad and i thought that's peter k so i went over went over and spoke to him and had a game on the, the the pig the pig wobbling game. It's a. Excuse me. It's a. You wobble a pig. Excuse me. Are you sure this isn't some ritual from Blackburn? It's. It, I don't even know what it's called, but we call it something very rude. But you stand in front of it, wobble a pig, and it's basically Mario Kart, but with coloured pigs from some kind of anime game. And what? there's a. There's Are you a sure you're not on. tripping right now, Sean? 
not not no more than normal. Mm-hmm. And I was playing that with his with his lad, and then he then he wanted a, a little tour around the, the adults only floor. Yeah, so I spoke to him and said, oh well, we're open on Thursday and Friday for the the, the kids. He's got three young lads. Yeah. And, and they can go around on this bottom floor, you know, that, that I showed him around. You know, they can play all the rhythm games and we take all the nasty, nasty Mortal Kombat style games off. And he says, oh, yeah, yeah I'll come back Thursday, Friday. So he's coming back. All oh, right, nice. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Was he good at remembering games? No. He did, I, was, I was showing him all the games and there was a an aircon unit. He says, how do you play that? And I looked at him and he started laughing. I thought he's having a joke. <laughs> oh, that's really cool, isn't it? He, he's Manchester, isn't he? I presume, or Bolton? Yeah, he's originally from Bolton. I don't know where he is now, but yeah, I suppose he still is. Yeah, nice one. What a nice guy he is. Hobnobbing, yeah. rubbing shoulders with comedy legends. Yeah. Nice one. Cool, that, isn't it? Well, it sort of wheeze all over my evenings, then, doesn't it? Much better. <laughs> I, I haven't been hobnobbing with a famous comedian. <laughs> How dare you? Another news. Other news. We nearly run out of burgers. <coughs> nearly run out of burgers. How I many did you wrist... have? No, me. We nearly. I nearly had my wrist slapped. So I had to go out to the. I was going to have to go out to the cash and carry and get more burgers. But we're okay, Vic. Do not worry. Thank goodness for that. The patrons of Arcade Club are still okay for burgers, hot dogs, paninis, nachos, and pizzas. Come and get them, kids. They're lovely. Good. <laughs> Arcade news. Tell me some arcade news, Sean. What's been happening in the arcade world? Charlie Farr. You sound excited. Yeah, Charlie Farr, the man, the myth, the the magnet, tops a million on Donkey Kong. He's done it. He's topped a million. Well, all I can say to that is, fuck you, Charlie Farr. (laughs) Only joking. (laughs) Or am I? Death to the West! That's probably the wrong reaction to have to this, isn't it? This beautiful news. Yeah. Yep, he's got a million and seven thousand points. I was talking to Mr. Tronads about it. Absolutely brilliant. Well done, David. I was only joking. He is obviously playing a point-scabbing game now. So he's he's going up, up the levels, jumping over the barrels, going back down the levels, jumping over the barrels again, going down another level, jumping the barrels, going up the... and doing all that technical stuff. And still playing the game. And kill screen in it he's only got another 200,000 points to beat the world record on the Donkey Kong forums I think he's something like 41st or something like that yeah there's a lot of kill screen players on that though isn't there there's loads and loads there's more more people than you think can do it but yeah absolutely brilliant news how cool is that a million points on flipping Donkey Kong wow Mm. Mr. Tagster got the other week he was over 470,000 or something was he as well about four fifty, yeah, did really well. And Mr. Tronad that, is on four hundred thousand plus as well. I'm really lagging behind. That, yeah, Aussie, the Aussie Kong off is finished now. And Billy Mitchell won it. Yeah, it's not surprising, is it? Because I think all the decent players are in America. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying they're not the good players score. in Australia, though. Yeah, he didn't get the highest score he got. All right. In qualifying, and then then it goes to knockout. So in the knockouts, oh, right. he, he won that way. I'm not quite sure how the competition works, but yeah, that's I presume it. they go head to head with so many players, and the lowest scores get knocked out, and someone obviously got a higher score earlier on, or whatever. Yeah, so oh, well. that. yeah. Oh, Pie Factory have been honoured with a Walter Day trading card, like we were. Well done, guys. Well done. Mm. Ah, you know, I was going to go to the the Numskull Gallagher Quarter Arcade launch 
on Wednesday the 14th of August. Yeah. It was the 13th of August. Oh. I was very annoyed. Because Mr. Crone Trainer's come around on the Tuesday, and I said to him, well, come around Tuesday, because I've got to get this thing on Wednesday. I'm looking forward to it. And I was sent the wrong date via email. The electronic ticket that was in it had the right date on it, but the email with all the bump about you know where to go and all this lot had the wrong date on it. But uh, I've been on to Numbskull, and they said, oh, really sorry, and they've invited me up to their headquarters before long. So I'm going to have a good, a good shifty round there and see what they're up to. And that'll be quite nice. But I really missed out, because the next day I got to work... I looked on Twitter and saw all these smiling faces at the event, all these YouTubers and, and people we know, podcasters, all going, oh, the Callaghan was really cool. So, oh, for God's sake, I've missed it. Because I thought Damn it might it. have been on two days, but I missed it. Very, very annoyed. I would love to have gone to that. There's loads of people there I would like to met again, and obviously mm. familiar faces. Yeah, so that was a bit annoying. Here's some news. Sikio shooting stars, Alpha and Bravo. That's more Boo. Nintendo Boo. more Nintendo Switch Sikio games. Must have released a lot of them by now, surely. I don't know. I'd take no notice of them. So if you've got a Switch, put it to good use and tate it and get some Sikio shooting goodness in your belly. Oh, no. Oh, Chris, 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 Chris. Too many Chris's. Chris plus plus. The books he wrote a little while ago are now in video form, where he does commentary and plays games on them. I haven't quite had a look at these. I haven't had enough time to have a look at these yet, but I will put a link in the show notes for everyone to look at. And I bought the book a little while ago. It's absolutely brilliant. His writing's really nice. And this has got his husky, mafia-style voice over it as well. It's very good. So I'm going to watch these in the bath. Brilliant. I think everyone else should as well. Not in my bath, in their own baths. Does, Does your bath water get cold before you get out? Yeah. Or and you get freezing. Not freezing, but I end up like looking like a bit like a prune. Uh oh. Uh oh. Anyway, the Exa Arcadia system that we've talked about last is getting closer to release. They've, they've issued a picture of the little cartridges, the Type R cartridges, and they're about how big is how big is that? It's like as big as your hand. About but as big thin. as a candy bar. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, yeah but like a Yorkie I'll, bar or something. I don't know if it's a USB thing or what. It's, it's probably some sort of similar technology. Yeah. But that'd be Ooh. good, that. Yeah. Um, so, oh, yeah. I wonder how much it's going to cost. It'd be quite expensive, won't it? Because it's a new arcade system. Yeah. It mm. probably is. I'd, I'd wonder what the other guys are doing. The Griffin Aerotechs have sort of been left behind with these kind of things, aren't they? They have got another game on board from a developer. I saw about this a little while ago. I can't remember what it is, though. We'll have to get in touch, in touch with them again and find out what it's doing. But yeah, their stuff was really good as well. It's all, it's mm. obviously all nowadays. It's modern computer hardware. And obviously they use they use dongles and security sticks to make sure no one's going to rip their games off and stuff. So it's all sort of um, basically PC hardware of some description. But you can make PC games look old and look like we want them to look. So yeah, absolutely cool. Nice. Look forward to seeing some of well, those games. So do I, actually. I'm interested in seeing those. I hope we get one in Varkid so I can play it. Get on to Andy. You're the only man who can do it. Oh yeah. Recent pickups. I actually got this two weeks ago and forgot to mention it, which is really weird because it's quite a big pickup for me. I got, guess what? Another Subelectro Isis cab. It's number eight in my collection now. Wow. And this one came from Barney Scotland. It's... How many do you get down your wall? Is it six down one side of the wall of your garage? Or no, is it eight. more than that? You can get all eight I, down I can get, one side. I can actually get 
probably nine or ten in if I really pushed. But I've wow. got a, I've got a cocktail cab at the end, which I have to move and put one of the games ninety degrees to it, so you can actually get to it and play it because the candies would be in the way otherwise. Mm. So I got this. It's a little bit rough, uh, but it's not as rough as the last one I got, which is the roughest one I've ever got. And this one is actually wired for Konami Thirty Six. It's not Jammer, so it had Scramble right. in there originally. I think a lot of those games did come with Scramble in. As I said earlier, uh, it's got the original linear power supply and a Toei monitor. I'm not I'm not a fan of these Toei monitors because that last one was rough. It sort of bleeds the colours. But mm. when I eventually got it, it I, I sort of rewired a little few things and just checked things out. Works absolutely fine. I put a kicker board in there. It works lovely. Uh, the monitor is the same style as the last one. They must have used those originally for the, the games. And um, the picture on this one is far superior to that other one, which is quite good because it makes me think if I cap, recap the old one, if I can get it as good as this one, I'll leave it in there because it's an absolutely lovely picture on this one. Quite pleased with it. Mm. There's some bits of fill-in to do on it and some some cosmetic stuff, but no more than I'd expect from any other cab, especially that cheap. So uh, old, thank you very much for selling it to me, Mr. John Bud. My old grandmother used to say, if if you're going to recap some, do it right, cap it right. She said, "Yeah, put a bubble hat on it or something." Yeah, bless her. What so, else have you got, Vic? Uh, this thing here, let me show you a picture of it. Well, actually, I'll show you live. Look at that. <clears throat> What's that? <laughs> Tell everyone. That is, it looks like a an original Game Boy with more buttons on the front. It is a retro flag GPI case. It's slightly smaller than the original Game Boy, and it indeed has four buttons on the front, and two very cleverly hidden ones on the back. So you can emulate <laughs> Game Boy Advance as well. It's got, it's got a, well, let me just show you. That there is the, the bit of the back where the cartridges normally go. That's got mm. a Raspberry Pi 0W in it. And you just play yeah. it straight in like that. Done. That's clever. It's re- it's a really nice bit of kit. I'm going to do a video on this, because not a lot of people have got these, because they were in quite limited demand. Uh, sorry, in quite limited supply, in high demand, limited supply. And I got that one from America, Amazon. So it came all the way from America in about a week. I think they were released in... in Amazon US, Amazon.com, and I think because we're five hours ahead of them, we got the pick on them before the Americans woke up and got them. So that's why oh, I think yeah. I got one. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I got one, and some of my friends, uh, Garen's got one as well, and I think Ross Ross has got one. I think I think it was Ross Ross who gave me the heads up on it, so thank you for that. And also um, Rich Chunksin, he told me about them. I think he might have one as well. So that is a really nice bit of kit. It's absolutely lovely. It's very, very easy to set up. I sort it out quite quickly. Uh, it's got a Pi Zero W in it. I also got the Pi Zero W, a new one, and I got another Pi Zero as well, just in case I might need one for the future projects because they're so cheap. Uh, I got some more Walmart mini arcades from Citrona to pick them up from America for me. I got the Dig Dug and Ms. Pac Man again for some reason. I'm not sure why I got those ones, so I've got doubles of those damn things now. Uh, I bought in Scotland, I found this really, really cool shop uh, run by this Libyan guy who was really, really friendly. He was super nice, this guy. He's like an old computer shop. Because the thing mm-hmm. that attracted me to the shop is it had loads of old, you know, the old coloured IMAX, the, the CRT ones, that were all bright colours, like purple and red and green. Yeah. It had loads of those in the windows. Like, oh, look at those. And, and an old computer shop like that is is like honey to a bear for me. So I just shot in there and I was talking to this guy. He was ever so nice. And um, he was saying, oh, I own the coffee shop next door. And he was talking, talking about old machines and stuff. He said, oh, in the coffee shop, do you want to come for a coffee? And he's just... We were chatting to him for a little while, asking about his life and stuff and his businesses. And he'd been over here for years. And he had a perfect Scottish accent. 
Because I said to him, yeah. oh, where are you from originally? You know, where is his family from? And he said, oh, I'm Libyan. And he, I said, oh, yeah, you were born here, though. He says, no, I've been here 15 years. I went, what? He had a perfect Scottish accent. You wouldn't believe it. Speaks about four different languages as well. He's an absolutely brilliant guy. And uh, and he said, oh, I'll take you to the guy next door to my shop. There's an e-waste shop there, which takes on like old bits of electronics and stuff. And there were some Indian guys running that. And they were lovely as well. They had loads of old computers out. And he said, oh, it's mainly my collection. I sort of collect bits I don't want to sell. And they, they hire bits to um, BBC Scotland and, and other TV production companies for props. So like an old mm. fax machine or an old you know computer or whatever to use in, as props. And he had loads of gear and loads of old um, mobile phones and loads of computers, loads of consoles, loads of stuff, loads of Apple Macs in there, really old Macintoshes. It's absolutely brilliant. And I sort of said to him, oh, I'm after some some small USB sticks just for you know moving ROMs about and stuff. And then the Libyan guy said, oh, I've got a box of those. And he talked to the other guy. He said, oh, yeah, I remember those. And he bought a box of them. He said, I don't know what they are. So I went next door to his shop and he plugged one in. And it was 128 meg, meg USBs. <laughs> so I bought, <laughs> I bought seven. <laughs> I said, how much are you doing for? He goes, oh, you can have, have five for, for a tenner. Oh, you can have a spare one. And he sort of gave me another one on the way out. He said, oh, it's like handing out sweets. He just gave me another one. And he had a box of about 50 of the damn things. But they're absolutely brilliant for just moving stuff around. Because a lot of these old units I use... The, the ROMs aren't big, so you don't need gigabytes and gigabytes of space. A couple of meg is absolutely fine. Yeah. I've even got some SD cards lying around that are eight megabytes. Mm. Eight megabytes. I think that's what's in my um, my Atari. I've got one of those flashback portables, and I think that's got an eight meg SD card in it. Let me have a quick look. Yeah, eight meg. Look at that. Eight. I, I think I remember getting... It was a load of the original Atari twenty six hundred ROMs. It was, I think, it was all the all the main releases, about five hundred, and they they fit into like four meg. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's got in it, and it's got loads of space left. And it's got all the homebrews on and everything. It's amazing. Yeah. Those, those games you actually can keep you quite busy for a while, and then next to nothing. Mm. It's unbelievable. So I got seven of those. So if you want a memory stick, I'm your man to come to. Oh. The lovely Chris Brinery star pulled out a Vectrex test cart from his pocket because obviously he's always got a Vectrex cart in his pocket because he's a brilliant Vectrex programmer. And it was a, a test cart for spinners because he's done a few spinner games for the Vectrex because the Vectrex is an analogue system, so spinners are quite easy to, to run on it. So he's mm. given me one of those because I'm going to do a spinner soon. I'm going to do a few spinners. I've got to do one for Jim. I've promised him for about the past three years. I still haven't made yet. Apologies again, Jim. And I'm going to use that to test it with. So it's really useful, that thing. More 2114 RAM turns up this morning, because I thought I'd lost that RAM. I bought, like, another 10 RAMs, in case I needed more yeah. asteroids and stuff. So they turned up this morning. And also, and I'm very excited to have a go at this one, I'm going to touch it for the next two days, because I've got, you know, editing to do and stuff. The Arcade Forge Jammy Pie thing. You know that little adapter that came out very recently? You, you just clip onto a pie, and it goes straight in Jammer. Yeah. One of those. Mr. Rich Chunkson has sent me his. He may not get it back if it's any good. I'm going to steal it. Or perhaps buy my own one. So I'm going to test that, and I'll probably do a video on that as well. So two videos upcoming soon, hopefully. That's great. I haven't got any pickups at all. None at all? Oh, sure. I don't think so.
Don't think so. Let's have a look. No. Nothing. No. no. Oh, well, I've got a few things. That's all right. I've got tons. Ten pence archives. So what have you been playing? What have you gone back to recently that we've covered in the yes. podcast before? Yes, this is the Ten Pence Arcade Archives where we revisit an old game and play it again. I've gone back to Time Pilot, which we did in podcast number 34. Good choice. And four episodes ago in April 2015. Oh my God, that's such a long time. We did it that far ago, was it? Yeah, I think. Oh, did wow. we not do it? Did we do it when we were going to one of the revivals? Something like that. I can't remember. I can't remember. Because we did, we did Time Pilot 84 as well, which I think is the only. Isn't that the only sequel we've ever done? I know we've done Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr. They're quite different games. They're not exactly sequels, are they? Done Raiden 2, haven't we? Yeah, we didn't do Raiden 1. I think we might have done, did we? Ooh. Way, way, way back. Yeah, didn't we do it right? It, was my sec- it might have been my first ever podcast for you. Really? Raiden was actually podcast 109 after a revival event. I can't remember. Yeah, There's so many of it. It's weird how you forget, isn't it? Yeah, because I think we did it on a... I did it on a ps1 compilation or something oh wow it's going back a bit yeah okay yeah time pilot i've put here it never gets old it's a rock solid gem i still play this i still enjoy it so do i i've got i've got two realize i think it took me three or four goes to loop it last night but you've got to play i've I've forgotten this you've got to play when you get to the blue planes and then the one after the the saucer spaceships you've got to be quite aggressive you can't keep dodging and flying at the screen you've got to sort of almost crash into them you've got to clear the screen as quickly as you can because it the this this especially the spaceships really just homing on you and you you know these like curvy bullets and the spaceships are horrible because they sort of they wobble around the place and it's sort yeah. of your your eyes are trying to follow it, and you just got to get rid of them as quickly as possible and get that get that particular level out the way. Because I find that one really that's it's good. It's the last level because I think that is the hardest one. Mm. It's, a, it's a level I never look forward to because also the rocks as well. When you go behind the rocks, you can't really see what's going on, and stuff goes in and out behind them. And it's not like the clouds, and they sort of mess me up a little bit as well. Because it's a darker screen. I think it does something to your eyes as well. That's my excuse I, anyway for losing lives. I don't think you go behind the rocks. I think you're or, or in do, front of it. Do they go behind the rocks or something? The rocks put me off. I remember that. I know that. Yeah, I think everything's in front of them. But, yeah, I do love it. It's and a brilliant game, mate. I, I totally it's my, agree. It's in my top ten of all time, that. I think it always will be. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Me as well. I think you, you, you easily doubled my score, didn't you? You're on six or 700,000. I think yeah, I can get about 350,000, something like that. I can get 350-ish playing normally. The, the 600 is the point scabbing bit you do on the second level. Yeah, when you grab all the, the parachute type guys. Just keep going upwards, yeah. But it got boring, so I, I carried on with the yeah, game. Yeah, I, I do find that... I used to play it like that quite a bit, and they do catch you out now and again, so I just go for it now. I just play it Yeah, yeah best they do, I can, yeah. yeah. Well, I have gone back to Robotron. Robotron. I, I know it wasn't very long ago we did it, but somebody... Some devious person called Nushi New. I've no idea who they are. I do actually. This is Alex's lovely lady friend. Uh, she's just stepped over my score on arcade sidekick. I'm not happy about it. And she's after you, <coughs> mate. She's after you. She's coming for your score. She's going to take you down, son. Alex messaged me. Yeah, he said um, 
she's not far off my score now, which is, I think it was 232,000, something yeah. like that. Mine was only 177. I think she's on probably 200,000 now. So I haven't beat her back yet. I have had a quick go of it, but um, she is playing on an original cab, so I'm going to use that as my excuse why she's beat me, not just because she's a better player, yeah. actually. Um, we covered Rubber Ron not that long ago. It was only six podcasts ago, 132. Uh, and I don't really seem to get any better at this game until someone like Alex sits over me, guiding me how to do the various waves. Because there, there is certain ways of doing the waves. There is a knack to it, which sadly I haven't got. And looking back through the podcast show notes on our web, I saw that we mentioned Mr. 20-5's lovely scratch-built Robotron cab. And uh, when we came back from Glasgow, we were going to pop in on him, because he lives in Carlisle, very near Scotland. And... Uh, we're going to go in for some tea and biscuits, but he was very rudely gone away on holiday. How dare he? Oh. But I hope he's soaking up, soaking up some lovely sunny rays right now as we speak. And talking of awesome twin stick shooters, I still like Robotron. I love it, but it's one of those games that I need some tuition on and remember how to play it because there is certain ways to do things. And I don't think you can just jump on there and do it. You need to do things a certain way to get good in that game. You can't just mm. wing it, I don't think. But talking of awesome twin-stick shooters, I need to install the PC version of Geometry Wars on my Horizontal Pony main machine, because you can play PC games via Marla, which is the... Sorry, not Marla, I'm using a track mode, and I think you can play games on that that aren't main games. It'll run other sort of external games as well. So I need to try and set that up. Well, you can on Marla, and I've talked to Rich Chunks, and he knows all about that. Uh, it's such a great game. And with that twin stick setup I've got on that machine, I can play Geometry Wars. I absolutely love Geometry Wars. I still love that game. And the second one on the Xbox 360 is one of the best twin stick games I've ever played. I really love that game. It's brilliant. Better than the third game, I reckon. But after Ooh. speaking with Jim and Chris Binary Star, who are the ace Vectrex programmers from Scotland, I'm still hoping that someone's going to make a colour, or even black and white, I'm not fussy, version of Geometry Wars but for actual vector arcade hardware one day because Jim Jim was talking about some of the Vectrex stuff that people are doing, they're trying to sort of put Raspberry Pis in cartridges to play through Vectrex and all this sort of stuff and he was saying that's not really the way they should go what they should do is develop some hardware with a vector generator which can output vectors to a monitor but using you know current spec machines so you can actually develop mm. brand new games that can be output to a vector monitor. So you could do, if you're a programmer, you could make a Geometry Wars with vectors. And that would be absolutely stunning. I'd love to play it on a, on a colour vector in the dark. How brilliant would that be? I've played, I've played one of them at the Batcave. I can't remember which one it was, but it's really good. Mm, it's a lovely game. So, and the music on it's brilliant. The first and second mm. ones are really like three is okay, and it's it's quite there's quite a lot added to it, a bit too much for my liking. But the simplicity of one is brilliant, and the waves, the the different missions on two are absolutely excellent. They're so good. So yeah, twin stick games for the win for me. Love them. Mm, we're going to talk about one of them in a bit. Here we are a really good one. Hey Sean. Mm, yeah, nope. <laughs> you, you're not Bruce says to that, don't you? What? Listener feedback. 
we have some missed feedback from Graham Walker from last time. Uh-uh. He was on, he's on about Asteroids Deluxe. He says, I'll keep my review short and sweet and just say it's the best game to come out of the arcades that used vector graphics, improving on the mighty asteroids, in my opinion. The implementation of a shield along with a Death Star, a.k.a. Snowflake, adds that perfect balance of risk and reward. Yeah, he's got a point there. And also there's some new feedback from Graham Walker. Uh, it says, nice one, Sean. You may have lost my comments previously, but I think you've found a hidden talent you might have not known about, and that is being able to read minds. You was right. My first experience was as- with Asteroids Deluxe was playing it at the local open-air swimming baths and getting thrown in at the deep end. That's why I've never been able to swim. Oh. Victor was wrong, uh, wrong about Curly Whirlies, though. I really like Terry's logger bars, which you don't see these days. A logger bar? I can't remember a logger. What's that? I'll have to Google them later on. No, I can't. I'm the tourist with Logger. Go- chocolate Google in me. Uh, the holidaying mm. Andrew Hannay sent us some pics of some LCD cabs aboard his cruise ship that he's on. Nice. Lovely. I am going on a cruise in a week. Ooh. Is this your big 50th? I'm going on the... I'm. Yeah, my 50th, my lad's 21st. We're, all going, we're going on a Norwegian Fjords cruise. The Fjords cruise? Yeah, look at some feuds. That's what you got to say. Yeah, it'd be very nice. Cool. Lovely. Yes, we've got some feedback from TWB. Freshly opened a packet of hobnobs, carefully placed on the passenger seat for easy access. Check. Car loaded and ready for long journey home. Check. Episode 137 of 10 pence downloaded to phone and ready to play through sound system. Check. If Carlsberg did long journeys home. Ooh. How cool is that? Yeah, but don't drink and drive, kids. Oh, no. Oh, no. We needed some Costa coffee. Oh, that'd be good. Uh, Daniel King's been on. Hi, Victor. Dan here. I was just wondering if you know anyone who might have, have or reproduced the fire buttons for the 1979 Space Fever. Thanks, mate. Uh, that would be me, actually. I've remade those buttons before. I don't think I've got any left at the moment. Um, I can make you some when I get around to making some for myself, which I will be doing. I do need them for my cocktail cup that I'm restoring at the moment. So I will mm. make a second set for you, Dan. Keep in contact with me and maybe send me an email or something so I can send you them when I'm done. Yeah. Right, with some feedback from Matt Halliday. Hello, guys. I haven't fed back for a while, so just a quick thanks for the ongoing commitment to keep us all entertained. You're very welcome. On a recent break from work, as a family, we vi- we visited Weymouth for a day. Boo! I was at the arcade end of town and found a Robotron in the wild. Okay, it's not an original cab and not even a CRT, but it was quite a shock to see it. Unfortunately, the controls are totally shut, but you can't win them all. I was out in Manchester the other night and there was a Space Invaders, I think it's called Anniversary thing, where you got Space Invaders and Kicks and Quicks. And the controls are just knackered. Oh, what a shame. 50p ago and it was knackered. Oh, dear. Anyway, he's put same arcade, had Sega Rally, Street Fighter 2, and a cocktail four-player Battle Royale Pac-Man. Nice effort. Yeah, that sounds pretty good, that. Um, the thing about when you go to certain arcades, like the barcades that are modern ones nowadays, it's not so bad when you play a game and it's a bit off or something's broken if, if it's on free play. But when you're putting money into it, it's, it's really insulting when the controls don't work. I mean, it's not that difficult for... The staff, uh, an establishment, just to, when they turn the machines on, you know, press a free credit inside the coin or whatever. Up, yes. Down, yes. Left, yes. Right, yes. Fire, yes. Brilliant. That works. And then leave it alone. But they can't even be bothered to check it now and again. 
And someone must have said to them, look, the, the buttons are knackered on it, can you get them sorted? And they just haven't done it, mm. which is quite poor, isn't it? You don't get that arcade yeah. club, do you, Sean? No. You're on it like a champ, tramp on chips. I'm not, but the other guys are. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Roly Retro's been on. He has just bought an Asteroids Deluxe Cabaret. Well done, Roly. Uh, hopefully on a container, UK bound, very soon. So looking forward to this podcast. Nice one. Nice cab. Ooh. And the last bit of feedback. Super Sprint. The abuse of Luna Lander was rather unfortunate. That's you, that. Oh, it's, it's, 19, it's 1979 and the very first Vector game, I would say. Uh, it, it wasn't actually, I think. No. Space Wars, was it? By Cinematronics? Yeah, there was one, much War. earlier than that, yeah, I'm sure. It was a version of the mainframe game Space Wars, weren't it? Anyway, on the other hand, I was expecting a Blastroids bashing as well, but the admission of the spinners being the very best way to control the ship does indeed confirm Blastroids as the pinnacle of the asteroid saga. I wouldn't go that far. No. But I, I don't think Blastroids is a bad game, actually. People do knock it, and it is a mm-hmm. bit of a weird game, but I suppose they had to go somewhere different after um, Space Duel. And it went went quite a bit different. So it's not it's not a bad game actually, not as bad as people let on. You know, people sort yeah, of demonise it being the worst asteroids game, but if you take it away from the asteroids universe, it's not a bad little game. It's okay. Yes, yeah, and they wasn't going to do another. I think it was eighty seven, eighty eight. They, were, they weren't going to do a vector game at that time. No, anyway, no chance. They? they wouldn't be making those uh, monitors anymore by then. Mm. But the. Um, Talking about Lunalander, I I really hate Lunalander games. Any any game that came out that was like Lunalander, because there was a ton of them on the eight bit computers when I was a kid, and I mm. I hated them. I just could not <laughs> play them. Absolutely awful games. Friendly shout outs. Hey Sean, we have to give a shout out to Vic Sage of the Diary of an Arcade Employee podcast for promoting our podcast to all his followers. Thank you, Vic. He does, doesn't he? Thank you. He's Thank a you, lovely Vic. man. I'm also going to big shout out to Mr. Tronads for his visit and pack- picking up Walmart arcades from America for me. And I hope his spider bite is better now, or I hope it was radioactive and he now has spidey powers. Oof, spidey powers. Poor lad got bitten in the day by some horrible. He, he thought it might have been a bee or a, or a spider or something. Hopefully now he can like you know climb up walls and stuff and squirt stuff out of his wrists. Yeah, that'd be helpful, wouldn't it? Mm. Imagine if you're shopping and you couldn't reach them on the top shelf for like some IPA. You could get it like that, couldn't you? Sure, and they put the IPA up there so you can't get it. Do you not oh, work no, this one out by now? It's down at belly height. Yeah. And oh, the lovely Scottish you. people I had a great evening with, Chris, Jen and Jim. Thank you for coming out with us. Mm-hmm. I've just got one shout out for Lewis and Mark at Arcade Club for fixing my J-Pack. It doesn't go out of sync anymore. Do you mean they, blo- they blobbed one bit of solder on there you couldn't do yourself? Yeah, and then they took it off again because it, it didn't work. Something happened. So they took it off again, done something else, and now it works. Was it Lewis put the solder on, Mark took the solder off, nah, nah, nah. It was actually, yeah. Was it like that? <laughs> Did they do it in time with each other, like Bill and Ben or something with solder and irons? I think there probably is a bit more solder on there, but I've not looked. It works, so there you go. Nice one. Arcade Master Quiz. Oh, I've got a quiz for you, Mr. Sean. No. Yes. And there's a music music question in there for you. I know you like those oh ones. Oh, my God. Oh, my Lord. Right then. Yes. Sean Holly. Yes. You have 
12 hours, 73 minutes to answer <laughs> yeah. 10 questions or, okay. or about that time. I will edit it down to listenable times. Okay. Number one, name name a vector fighting game. Warrior. Correct. Yay! Number two, what is unusual about Load Runner: The Dig Fight? Twin screens, two screens. Oh my lord! Yeah. Correct. Number three, what do you have to do on Nintendo's balloon fight in the bonus level? You travel from right to left, collecting all the balloons. No, not quite. You just got a pop balloons coming out of the pipes. All right. You are thinking of the game Balloon Kid on the Nintendo Game Boy. You do that, you're travelling along getting balloons. But it's from the similar game. Could be, could be. Question four. What CPU does Gunfight use? An 8080. (gasps) You're on fire. Correct. Number five. What weapon do you use in Mr. Do's castle? A hammer. Correct. I'm doing well. You are doing well. Six. What character do you play in Mouser? It's not a mouse, is it? It's a cat. Yes, that was a trick question. Yes. Oh, you're going to get all of these. Seven. How wrong is the game Loverboy? Be very, very specific. Extremely nudie. Very bad. I've got enormously, but I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, number seven, what happens if you hit the P-O-W in Mario Brothers? All the turtles go on the backs. Yep, everything flips over. Yeah. Nine, wow. what colour is your pal in Pack and Pal? Pink. No, light green. That is oh. a weird game. I was trying to play it the other day. I could not make head nor tail of it. And the last question is, what is this the tune to? It's something like Mappy, but it's not, is it? It's something like Mappy, but it's not, isn't it? Yeah. I can say, I could give you a clue here. Shall I give you a clue? Go on. on. Same hardware. Oh, it's not the. Oh, it might not be the same hardware. It's similar hardware. Is it Namco, though? Mm. Must hurry you. I don't know. Uh, Toy Pop. You're not Toy Pop. Junior Pac Man. Oh, God. Oof. 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 I wouldn't have got that. So you got... Seven. seven out of ten. That's very... I thought you wouldn't get some of those, Sean. You've done very, very well there. Give yourself a little biscuit. I might do. Feature game review. Karate Champ, and the mysterious Japanese lady is going to tell you a little bit about it. Konnichiwa, everyone. It's the Tenpence Podcast featured game. Konshu no game wa Nihon de wa Karate Do to yobarete imasu. This week's game was known in Japan as Karate Do. 日本以外では空手ジャンプで知られています。In the rest of the world, it's what's called karate jump. 
テクノスジャパンが制作しデータイーストから1984年にリリースされました It was created by Technos Japan and released by Data East in 1984 This was probably the first true arcade fighting game Some people say that Karate Jump was the closest thing to real karate outside of a Japanese dojo. Some people say it was just a terrible old video game. I wonder what Victor san and Sean san will say. So, Sean. That's, that's awesome. Thank you, mysterious Japanese lady. Thank you very much. So, Sean, Karate Champ or Karate Do. In Japan, do do do, come on and do some fighting. Do do do, <laughs> kick someone in the nuts. <clears throat> yeah, it means the way of the empty hand, Sean. Not the way of the crap game. No, shush. In yeah. this is a single player version, not to be confused with the player versus player version, which is a bit different. It's a single player version. So this is from Data East, developed by Technos in 1984. This is a player versus computer. Karate game. Karate. It's orientated vertically and the player uses a twin four-way stick set up to control the white pyjama player with a collection of 24 moves, Sean. Count them, 24. Left stick retreats and moves towards the opponent. Jumps and ducks. The right joystick is for carrying out punching, kicking moves. Karate man bruised on the inside. They don't show their weaknesses. Now this is how you play. There is no health bar or health points in the game. A single hit to the computer control player or yourself results in a knockdown, and a half or full point is given to the successful fighter. You start about again until one player has two full points, then the other player is out. If the human player has the two points, they move on to the next level where the computer player gets better. You go up the dans. Between certain levels, there are bonus rounds. There is a judge who sits in the centre and awards the points. Anything under 500 points is a half point. And anything over 500 points is a full point. The half and full points are awarded on how well the move connects to the poor sap getting a foot in the chops or a fist in the knackers. The game has a timer too. If the timer runs out and both players have the same points, the winner is the one who scored most points for their on-screen points. Now the moves are, I won't go through the moves, I'll just give you a, a quick synopsis of them. There's back kick, front kick, round kick, low kick, back round kick, upper punch... Back kick, a lunge punch, front kick, upper lunge punch, a roundhouse, a jumping back kick, jumping side kick, backward somersault, forward somersault, back foot sweep, front foot sweep, lower reverse punch, and another front foot sweep. Some some moves are carried out when you're far away or closer to the opponent, so it sort of yeah, differs very, very slightly. Very confusing. No, not at all. It's easy. Now, the bonus levels get the ball... A rather angry bull rushes at you from the right side of the screen. If you time it properly, you can punch him right between the eyes and take him down. Otherwise, he'll steamroller over you and you get nout. You get 3,000 points if you manage to floor the bovine bugger. I did it once on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Now, the tile and the ice breaking uh, has got you jumping up and down above these stack of tiles or ice blocks. And if you pull it, pull the joystick down at the right time, you can get through all ten of them. You choppy choppy move, otherwise you just do a few of them. Each tile or ice block is worth 100 points. Get all 10 for 1,000 points plus a 1,000 point bonus. That's the only one I could do. 
Now the evade, I did completely twice. You've got to evade, either get out the way of, or punch or kick the items thrown at you. This is just not cricket, Captain. Reasonably easy to use the right stick up to you use the right stick upwards to kick the high items, the right stick to the right to kick medium height stuff, and pull the right stick down to kick the lower items. But kick downwards slightly earlier as the move takes a little bit longer to perform. Now I sort of got the hang of this and I can actually do it sometimes. I can get all, all the character the different things thrown at you and you get a bonus at the end, I think two thousand at the end for doing it. Well, the controls are so sluggish that you, you've got to like start no, no, the move. Th- there is start a reason. Start the move about a mile before it gets there. No, no, the terrible. timing is easy, and there is a reason for why the moves are like that, and I'll tell you about it later on. There is mm. a reason, honestly. It's, it's, not, it's not. It's not a feature. It is a fact. <laughs> now, the tips and secrets of this game, right? It's just a very basic karate game, one-on-one karate game. On the earlier stages, playing against a computer. A flying kick to the chops is a good way of getting an easy full point and 1,000 point bonus. As is, somersaulting over old red jammies and then reverse jump kicking him in the heed or back roundhousing your foot into his nose. Oof! Mm. On later stages, simple kicks to the nuts are quite effective. Lunge punch is good from a distance away because you, you get him from a mile away with a lunge punch. He really fires forwards. And when I'm playing it, I actually move forward when I'm playing it. Yeah. You know, sometimes when you, you're getting really into a game and you sort of lean to way, the way you're pulling the joystick or the controls or whatever, I do that with lunge punch. I'm, I lunge forward towards the screen when I do it. I'm not sure why. After the eighth dam, which is sort of the eighth level, you need to feint moves. This is where this control method comes in we're talking about, Sean. What you do is you, you, you move the joystick to do the right joystick to do a move and let go of it quickly. So instead of doing the move, it looks like he's about to do the move and he'll stop. But then the computer-controlled player thinks you're doing a move. He'll try and block it. And when he's blocking, that's when you do another move to counter his block. So you're feinting a move. You're pretending to do a move. He reacts to it, and then you do a proper move afterwards to get him. So if he's doing a high block, you can then do a low move to get him. Now, this is easier than said. Pete hands on me about this, who's an expert player. He's like a 270,000-point player of it. And I tried it. I got to the 8th Dan yesterday... And I got killed straight away at the 8th down. I couldn't work out the feints properly. So I'm going to keep practising it because I really like this game. It's very difficult after this age. It just annihilates you. And I was cut down in my prime when I was playing it. Now, the graphics and sound of this game are very simple but effective. You, you know, your, your characters are well-drawn. The backgrounds are pretty good. But on the single-player version, which we're playing, you start off in the dojo... And then you go on to the championship place, and that's it. That's the only screen you ever see. But on the two-player version, you're fighting on logs, you're fighting in the jungle, you're fighting on all sorts of stuff, and it's got different areas and parts of it, different bonus levels, and you get these ladies come on and take their clothes off a little bit, which is weird. So, yeah, it's, it's a little bit different on the Versus game, which is a slightly later release. But the sounds on it are very, very basic. You've sort of got basic hitty moves, and it's some really, really basic sound sampling some speech, speech sampling yeah got, annoying. Got, i love it i really Begin. love it it was one of those early games where you didn't really you only had like berserk which really spoke to you there wasn't that many games that had speech I think vanguard had some speech back then and it was good for that now the cabinet art i'm not sure about the game we're playing the single player game i don't think there was any any cabinet art for it i've never even seen a cab of it actually the ones you nearly always see is a versus game because 
I think playing against another character, another another friendly player, is more fun than playing the computer because computer just gets insanely hard after a while. If you're playing with a mate, you're both sort of evenly matched. And yeah. the cabinet I'm looking at here, I think it was a conversion kit for a lot of cabinets. You usually see it in a very standard 19-inch screen black cabinet, standard thing, bit of side up with a red guy doing a kick. The marquee has got the red guy again, but there's a big blue fist coming out of him, a massive fist with the word champ on it. And the graphics around the bezel, the screen bezel, is sort of very simple, red and blue. A couple of guys having a fight there, kicking each other to death. There are some a move strip on the bottom of the screen as well, I'll tell you all the moves. But it also tells you the moves on the left-hand side, which is your player, which is what we were playing. And there's moves which are reversed on the right-hand side. Because if you're playing the red player, everything's reversed, obviously, because you're, you're, oh. you're facing to the left and the other player's playing to the right. I've also got a picture here, which I'm going to put on the show notes, of a cocktail karate champ. Now, obviously, you have to play the same way. So it's a really long control panel has been added onto it with two lots of joysticks each because it's two joystick game. So there's four joysticks for a game for two players. And I think this thing's been made up. It looks... Actually, the, um, the control panel graphics look factory. So maybe there was a cocktail version of it. Very rare. I've never seen one. Never seen one. I've always seen the upright version myself. Burn it. No, a brilliant game. Now, this game features uh, in the Punchy Rubbish Blood Sports game with Dave Van Dam, whatever his name is. And this game also came out the same year as Karate Child or something. It's got a brat and an old geezer with an impressive beard in it. To make honey, young bee need young flower, not old prune. Now we've got some scores. There was a 1,000 players played this, Sean. A thousand people play this, liked it so much. There was less than normal thirty players because oh, it's oh. so bad. There's two at the uh, bottom that done very badly. Uh oh. Uh Ten Shearer's Graham is put it was only a matter of time before a stink of a game got picked. No. Why oh why did Vic pick this fight? In my opinion, the only one on one fighter that's worth playing is the excellent Ya Kung Fu. Hopefully <laughs> the next game will be better than this garbage. It's gonna be harder to be worse, mate. I'm I'm giving him lots of hoots there because I, I disagree strongly. Okay. And he got zero points. Very poor, Graham. Very poor. Brian Haribo also got zero points. Just get him one on the board. Nout. I'm ashamed of you, Brian. Ashamed. Exploding Pimble Man, 900. Mr. Miyagi would be sad. That is very poor as well, isn't it? Chris Plus Plus, 1200. These games are incredibly dull. You can't go anywhere. You just stand there playing rock, paper, scissors. Where does he want to go? Down the shop? Down the post office? What's wrong with the guy? Just get in your pyjamas and kick that geezer in the face. <laughs> Mark, what, no gravy? 1,300. I have no compunction to improve my 10p score. None at all. Is compunction a word? I think so. It's good, though, it isn't it? Sound good real. It doesn't sound real. Chris Mooncrest, the <laughs> bootleg, tied with the fourth worst score. 1,300. Worst 10p game ever. Chris Mooncrest the Bootleg, may I remind you of Megazone, Dr. Micro, Peter <laughs> Packrat. No, they're not. They're awful. And and many others that Sean has picked, obviously. Uh, I think I think it is the worst Tempe game we've ever done. I really do. No, you can't look, stop. W- worse than Kangaroo, worse than Volfide. Oh Volfide's awesome, you idiot. I just I just think it's Sean, so Sean, bad. Sean. Yeah. Stop talking, otherwise the podcast will end. Just read these comments. Go on, read them all out. <laughs> uh, There's not many Andrew Hannay, like 1700, and he just says, Don't like it. 
Kitty Ping, 1700. I'm not playing this again. You can't make me. You're not the boss of me. Now, listen here, Kitty Ping. We are the boss of you, and you are not getting a ping for that. Uh, Neil, 20 to 5, 3,200. My parents instilled various morals into me as a child. One was to respect my elders. He's talking about us, Sean. Yes. And to that end, I can simply say no. No, 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 no. Mm. Lots of Bill knows. Wellham, 3,200, sent us a little image with the guy, the karate guy from the game speaking, a little speech bubble. It says, never, ever will I play again this awful game. Steve Tyke, 4,600. And he sent us a gif with Boris Johnson saying, no, get in the bin. <laughs> One Punch Rob, 5,700. Oh, we, someone actually likes it. Not a bad game, and it always reminds me of Bloodsport, but I do hate the fakes you can accidentally do and the poor collision. Yeah, collision test is terrible. No, it's my good. Own, my own two black belts didn't help me today. Oh, he's a double black belt. No, he means he's got two belts in his wardrobe. Uh, I've yeah, got three. So, yeah. Okay. yeah. Got some browns. Sean, Sean, I'm a poor loser. 6,300 points. I played it for an hour because I always do and I struggled because it's just so... I just think it's just clunky, terrible. It's... Oh, God, it's so bad. 6,300, I'm never touching it again in my life. Do you know what, Sean? I really like the fact that I got nearly 10 times the amount of points as you did. (laughs) That's worth 10 in your faces. Michael (laughs) Vortman, 6,400, pipped you by 100 points. That is... One kick in the knee. 100 points. Okay. He remembers this game in Bloodsport, the movie, that brought me to actually start taking karate lessons. Didn't help much with Karate Champ, though. Yeah. So, 8,800. Not for me, this. Can't even get on the scoreboard with a screenshot of my score. Bloody clunky, is put. Bloody clunky. <laughs> Matthew Bridge, 10K. As much as I like to think this game is a classic, it really is just utter rub. <sighs> There's, there's, what honestly, is with the haters? Ch- what is with the haters of this fine martial arts game? It's an art, Sean. Martial art. It it was important because it's it was a one of the first one on one fighters, but it's just been surpassed by so many others, and it just doesn't bear up well today. It just doesn't. Idiot. Troll Nance, ten thousand seven hundred points. I'm never playing this piece of turd ever again. Thanks, John Ads. Yeah, don't come round again. <laughs> he is Jimmy, 14200. I think I would rather down a bottle of high karate than waste another 10 pence on this abomination. And like high karate, this game looks bad, smells bad, and should forever remain in the 1980s. And then he's put in some more feedback. He put, I don't generally like fighting games, but things I hated, the controls do different things, presumably based on the distance from the opponent. Some but of them, that, yes. can, that can be really confusing. And the, and the same move can be achieved by different joystick combinations. This also confused my small brain. Well, he said it all there, hasn't he? Mm. Confused, small brain, drinks high karate as a pastime. What do you expect he is, Jimmy? Tactical Giles, I expect he loved it. <laughs> 15,300. First time I got on the high score table, and I think I'm done. This game hasn't age- mm, aged well. Neither yep. of you, Tactical Giles, you look awful. <laughs> I'm, enjo- <laughs> I'm enjoying insulting the, the listeners this time. <laughs> Salbug, 15,7. Hey, guys, this is a tough one, because the game isn't complete and a hit. Oh. But hold your, speech- 
but it holds a special place in my heart. It was as it was situated right beside Donkey Kong in the first arcade I ever experienced. The concept is good, but the controls mechanics are horrible, which results in a frustrating, disjointed experience. It will stay in my favourites list, but only because of the fond memories I have of, of that arcade in 1984. Oh dear. Andrew Driver. 18,900 points. Getting there through yet to complete any of the evade interludes. There is a knack to those. I couldn't do them for ages, and I I managed to do them. Charlie Farr, 22,200. Peter Patrat is better than this. Discuss. Yes, it is. No. It is. No. (laughs) Jeremy Riley, 26,800. The 10p sponsored refresher course is an old favourite of mine, reminding me that the real secret of this game is defence. Understanding each move's range and the character's hitbox is useful, but... As the difficulty increases, defence and counterattacks are essential and move rallies become more frequent. See, Jeremy Riley gets it. There are tactics this game, and you lot are just rubbish. Tactics are every tic tacs. Majok, Majok, 35,300. Hoping this was a forewarning and a warm up, you made me play this iconic twin stick game with one stick and four buttons. At least better than any gamepad. Must craft a twin stick and control as soon as possible. Don't want to humiliate a piece of art like this again. Please add the better updated versus version for a future episode. Definitely not. Well, that's funny because that's your next pick, Sean. Well, that's what I filled in in the show notes for you anyway. You might have to change those. I have changed it. Ian Cullen, 41,400. Jump, back, kick, repeat. Next. Rygar is a pirate, is Rygar. Uh-huh. Rygar. Rygar. 44,500. Great game for next challenge. Karate Champ was a firm favourite of mine for a bit back in the day. It really captured that Karate Kid vibe. Anyone seen the comedy follow up on YouTube, by the way? I haven't. I, I very rarely played it one player and usually got thumped, but was pleasantly surprised by the replay value. Rygar likes it. Matt Neo MK, 50,800. Pioneer fighter that still has some charm. Can be frustrating as hell till you find moves you can rely on. Punching the poor old bull is satisfying, like the bear in Carnival, but not sure I'll return to it. Right, in third place, Mark Happy Dude is doing very well here. 53,500. I have to agree, have to disagree with the populace and say I can see this game's charm for an early fighter. I quite like it. It's very easy up to the 8th Dan and then just easy then just gets too hard the evade part is pointless literally so he's got no points on the evade part right i did get back to mark happy dude who i've always liked by the way <laughs> and i did tell him the evade i uh, for years and years i've been playing this since 1984 years and years and years i always tried to jump over the, the things thrown at you duck behind try and hide from them never really got too well at it and then i watched a video and someone was kicking and punching him. I never knew you could hit them. I think I tried back in the day and got the timing wrong and got knocked out by a flying pot plant or whatever. Mm. And I realised you can actually time it and kick them and hit them. So I was doing that, and it's it's much easier when you know how to do it. So that well, part you... is un, un, it's misunderstood, that part. Well, if, you, if you're playing the game on a Tuesday, you need to start your move on a Monday night for it to connect. <laughs> Well, with reactions as slow as yours, Sean, that's probably correct. Now, some dude called Victor got 61,400 points. That and is his, very good And his score. feedback is, I've actually beaten this before, but not for this challenge. And we'll carry on playing it, because it's an absolute classic. I remember from being a kid. Yeah, that, that is a good score, actually. And number one, 
I think this is his first number one. Yeah. But Unmashing Fun, with a great score of 75,000, is put, kind of prefer the versus version, as the speech is wonky in the ROM set I am currently using. But the gameplay is fun, even if there are no buttons to mash. Yeah. I, I must also say, with my score, I played this game for an hour. That's all I got on it, because I've been busy all week, and I was away the weekend. I was planning on doing it the weekend. Obviously, I took take them to Scotland on the weekend. I played it last night for about an hour. And I played like four or five games, maybe. God. And that's what I got. And I, I know I can get, I think my top before was 66,000. I can't remember. I did the arcade club years ago. But yeah, I'd like to, to play further than the eighth Dan. That's when it gets really difficult. I need to sort of learn the tactics a bit more after that. Right, let's just have a quick look at the sidekick scores. Pete Hahn's number one on arcade sidekick. Of course he is. 276,400. Someone called Buttons is 75. That'd be a bit Mr. Button Mashing Fun, wouldn't it? That's him. Buttons. Yes, yes, that's what I looked at. Max OMK's on it. John Retro Reload, a 49. Rygar is on it. ZX Michael, he's not on our score sheet. He got 43. That's a good I score. Am down, I am down in 12th with 6,300. So if you that's put it. a score on there, Vic, you would be third. I think I did. Put, did I not put my scores in? No, you might not have uploaded them. Now, there were a f- there were a few ports and sequels to this game. Uh, Apple II and the Commodore 64 version were the original home ports by Berkeley Softworks. And Data East did their own US versions for the NES and the Famicom Disk System. Hamster did a PS2 version for a compilation. I didn't know hamsters could program games consoles. I was sort of too busy hanging out in spinny wheels and stuff. These hamsters also re-released the version for PS4 arcade archives. Now, I'm not sure how these games and versions would work without the two joystick layouts. PS4 would work well, wouldn't it, with the the twin stick? Yeah, you use a twin stick. But then again, the twin sticks on them are 360 controls are analogue, aren't they? And you really mm. do need a four-way, otherwise you'll mess up your, your moves. But with Yi Kung Fu, I think if you moved in a direction and pressed one of two buttons, I think it was a uh, punch and kick, you can get quite a lot of moves just out of a movement and a button, which may have been mm. easy for this game, I presume. I don't know. Could have been. Um, you could always... I suppose you could always... No, you can't really set it to buttons, can you? Because you need all four, and that would be a bit confusing. Yeah, mm. Maybe. I always preferred International Karate on the home ports. I never really played Karate Champ home port on the C60. Well, we'll check that out, actually. But IK, International Karate, which was by Archer McLean, and International Karate Plus, which is a slightly better game, were really, really good home versions of this game. Really good versions. They had very crunchy sound effects. I played it online on an emulator a few nights ago. Yeah. IK plus and it, yeah it's it's more fluent the animation's better you can do a headbutt which is great yes. it's just a much better game uh it was a little bit later on and yes, i think is, yeah. using a joystick with the one button might have simplified moves mm. so yeah it is a good and the version i had was on the atari 8-bit computer and i loved it i had the original i actually bought it which was very unusual for me back in the day because i was a bit of a horrible pirate but yeah, I, I I did like that version. And IK Plus, I used to play on an Amiga, which was very good because you had three players at the same time. I think you could play two two players and a computer at the same time. There's a great little bonus level on it where you just you've just holding what looks like a dustbin lid, yeah. and you've got to def- deflect balls coming at you from left to right. And that is that would be a good game in itself. That, I that think. was almost like a fancy game and watch game where you just move the control around. Really, yeah, really simple, like ball on on the game and watch. What what say you, Sean? And if you say anything bad about this game, I'm going to sack you. Well, I've already said it, but 
my old grandmother, bless you, she said, if, you, <laughs> if, if you've got nothing good to say, don't say anything. So I'm just going to, actually, not going to read this out. I'm going to put, valuable from a historical point of view, but in my opinion, completely unplayable by today's standards. Sluggish controls, excruciatingly boring cutscenes and intro scenes to sit through every time. Repetitive speech. There's a reason why Twin Stick Fighters didn't take off, I think. And I've just said I said that about IK Plus, even though it was released three years later, it's very, very good. Very frustrating. We'll never be playing again. And what have I put on the back of your on the end of your sentence there, Sean? One word, one word, it says tart. Yes. <laughs> well, actually, your sentence won't be read out because I've just edited it all away to just oh. noise. Okay, fair enough. It was the first ever head-to-head fighter I played in the arcade and it blew my tiny boy mind in 1984. I was 11 when this game came out. As far as I remember, there were no fighting games on home consoles or computers before this. The only fighting games I can think of before this in 1984 are Boxer, which was an Atari prototype from 1978, which I probably never saw in the arcade, and Sega Champion Boxing from 1984, which I never saw either. As I was like any other kid in the 80s, I loved karate films, ninjas, and generally any kind of filmed fighting from the East. I could also play this reasonably well back in the day too, so I could have a good few minutes play and make a 10p last quite a while. I like all the daft little Japanese-isms in the game. Your character sometimes gets a really big head when he does some of the bonus levels. I can't remember the name of that animation style. They have really massive heads. Yeah, we were told it Japanese the games. Yeah, and... and yeah this funky head box and all this sort of stuff. It was that, which was quite funny. And um, I'm not sure why he gets a big head and every now and again. He does this big, he does this a really big head and he does this weird little smile. He also look well mean when you do the chopping bonus stuff. You see his eyebrows, how, how mean his eyebrows are when he does the chop. Oh, <laughs> you wouldn't let your daughter go out with him, would you? Oh, no. <laughs> I, like, I like the rubbish speech because it is quite rubbish and the level graphics on this version are a bit drab compared to the version versus version which in fairness was released afterwards and I prefer that versions that version screens and characters more it's very satisfying smacking your opponent squaring the chops from a flying kick when he has hit you a few times and seeing his flat lifeless body on the deck oh. same as when you crack him in the plums with a lower reverse punch oof the ball graphic is also the best bovine character to ever grace a video screen. That is a fact, Sean. No, mutant camel. Jeff Minter's mutant camel is the best best bovine. A camel isn't a bovine. It is. No. What is it then? I'm sure the, uh, the Mac computer generated voice is going to come in and tell us. Camels are chameleons. You pair of twerps. Okay. So what's a bovine then? Like got udders or something? Just cow-shaped. If Karate Jump had never been a thing, I doubt International Karate and IK Plus would be as good as they are. Or a lot of the other games that followed it. Archer McLean had a lot to be thankful for to Data East. Yeah, definitely historically important. And I think it was good at the time, but I, I don't think I liked it then. I just I think oh, I had two no. games and thought, what a lord of pants. Oh, I've just seen next week's game. Yeah. And on that note, Sean. Next show's game. Unfortunately, it's your pick. And I tried yes. to force some games upon you and you weren't having yeah. any of it. So, would you like to tell the listeners what crock of crap we've got to play for next time? 
We haven't had a decent vertical shooter for months. Oh, what a surprise. So, You're choosing a vertical shooter. Well, I need it to I need it to cleanse to get rid of Karate Champ. We you need are, a solid. You are a basic bitch. <laughs> a solid, a solid, playable, quality shooter. Not Bullet Hell, because I know you don't like them, and we've done some Bullet Hell. So this is Twin Cobra, released by the Mighty Taito programmed developed by the even mighty toa plan the rom is twin c-o-b-r three lives normal difficulty these are main defaults these are not twin galaxies and arcade defaults but okay. these are what we're going to play they're harder so it's three lives normal difficulty extra lives at 50k 200k and every 150k after that now i've put on here many enemies are bullet sponges so auto fire if you got access to it is allowed we're going Japanese on this one. Okay, so can you tell the listeners how to turn on auto fire in MAME? You go into MAME INI, you set cheat to one, it is zero. You set it to one, save it, come out. I've done it on my cab today. Mm-hmm. And then you go into the press, well, it's tab on a keyboard, and then I think it's something different on your controls. Is it? Is it one player starting left or something like that? In, Not sure. On group. Groovy arcade, groovy mame. Mm-hmm. And then you can set your auto fire rate, and that's it. Right. Done. So, your middle name is Cheats equals one. Yep. Sean Cheats equals one, Holly. You don't have to do auto fire, but I'm going to do it because I like it. I'm just going to pump the button as hard as possible. I do like what? pumping the button. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, submit your score to us on Twitter with hashtag Tempe score or on Facebook as a comment or on a podcast post. Pictures, please, if you like. And hope you enjoy the game. Uh, the deadline for this score submission of Twin Cobra, snack snack, is Tuesday, 3rd of September, 5pm UK time, please. Yeah, two weeks to play it, kids. And check out the 10 pence high score league table to see how far ahead Charlie Farr is this week. And the last thing I've got to do to you, Sean, is... Goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.tenpencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at tenpencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at tenpencearcade, and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you. For game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 